Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Hey guys, welcome. I'm excited to talk to you about one of my favorite topics, which is law of attraction and manifestation. So what is the law of attraction? The law of attraction is essentially a law of the universe um, that allows us to manifest the things in our life that we would want or even don't want. Um, If you haven't been living under a rock, you've probably heard of The Secret and it was a really big boom I don't know how many years ago, it was like five, ten years ago or so, where um, there, you know, there was this essentially documentary of all these people coming together talking about how you can really transform your life from your thoughts, the way you think about things, ask and you shall receive, believe and you shall receive. Um, And that is part of it. A lot of people had a lot of success around that movie and that concept because it was just this boom of vision boards and mantras and affirmations and things that were promised to transform people's lives. And the difficult part about that is that it was a bit missing something because before you enact the law of attraction or thick manifestation, we have to kind of roll back a little bit and look into what is your personal narrative and what is a personal narrative a personal narrative is the story that you're telling yourself and looking into what is that story that you're telling yourself because for someone who grew up in poverty it will not be so easy for them to write some affirmations on their mirror and say i'm a millionaire every day without feeling the frustration of saying something that sounds so far removed from their experience that it almost doesn't seem possible. In fact, it might seem impossible. So the reciting of mantras or affirmations might actually do them a disservice by producing the opposite because every time they say, I'm a millionaire, they feel the deep sink in their belly that this is never going to happen. How is this possible? I've never seen more than this amount of money in my account. This is unrealistic or whatever. And those feelings are very, very palpable. Regardless of what you're saying on a frequency level outside of your mouth, there won't be a sink in your emotional body or etheric body to to affirm that affirmation. So... For myself, um, I had a lot of, and still working on, uh, money blocks because I grew up in a family that just didn't have very much money. So, and a lot of fears around money, that money 
having a lot of money meant you were evil or you scammed somebody or you weren't close to God. So on a deep subconscious level, I, if I got a lot of money, um, or what was subjective to me to be a lot of money, um, I would find a way to get rid of it. And it's, it, it wasn't like I was just like, oh, here, give it away. But I would then go on a shopping spree to treat myself or, um, I would be reckless with my money and not managing it properly because my vibration or my subconscious narrative was saying that I don't have money. So when I would get money, I would get rid of it. So it took some learning and some time to kind of understand how the subconscious personal narrative works. It works the same for the cells in your body. Um, I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. I need to lose weight. Well, trust me, the thing that you're trying to lose, you're always going to find. So the, even, even the mantra itself was flawed from the beginning. I'm going to lose weight instead of I'm going to love my body where it's at. And what happens to it is in my best and highest good. Those statements have very different vibratory complexes. So they're going to do different things on a subconscious level. Um, so personal narrative, when it, when it comes to the way that you look at yourself, the way you think about yourself, any bad habits you might have of the, the way that you think about yourself needs to come out into the open first before you can really open up the full powers of the law of attraction and manifestation. Anything that might be con- contradictory or, um, counterintuitive is going to make it, I think vastly more difficult for you to manifest because what's going to happen is, is that you're going to continue to make these affirmations, these vision boards of this thing that you want. But as long as you're feeling lack, and as long as you're not feeling like it's possible, then you're going to be doing yourself the opposite and swinging yourself further in the direction that you don't want to go. You want to build a fortune 500 company, but you don't, you've never ever had experience with that. That doesn't mean it's not possible, but depending on your personal narrative, if you continue to say, I'm going to build a fortune 500 company, you're always in the future. I'm going to build. So what does the universe do? It, it, it reciprocates that I'm going to build. You're always going to be building that thing. Um, I have some friends who I talked about, uh, the word hustle with and how it's, it's a, it's a deeply low vibrational word. When you say, hey, how's it going? Oh, we're hustling, we're this and that, we're grinding. Um, That type of language incites that you are struggling and you will be struggling. And there is always kind of a bit of pride in that that kind of terminology, especially, um, you know, in high or I would say top or difficult cities, New York being one of them. Um, The hustle is real, you know, the struggle is real, that kind of thing vibratorily, if that is a word, um, that is a low vibration of, of keeping yourself in that hustle mentality. So you will continue to manifest circumstances and situations where it will be difficult for you to get past wherever you're trying to go. And so I've been very careful about the wording that I've been using because I want something that supports my affirmation on a foundational level, but I also want something that supports my subconscious narrative. So for myself personally, I want to tell you my biggest law of attraction attraction story. And 
it's it's big guys it's a big one <laughs> um and i have to remind myself anytime i'm trying to manifest things in my life that of this story because it is the most far off thing you wouldn't think that would have been possible so um for thanksgiving of 2015 i believe um saved up a bunch of money for me and my ex-husband to go on vacation and we went to bali and singapore and i was we were in singapore i had pinned and made a vision board of how i wanted that trip to look or go and when i got we got inside um i told my ex that i was gonna i was gonna see if we can get a better room see if i can do something and get a better room and he's like okay um so the lady at the front desk was you know working or whatever and i was like oh my goodness i just love your hair I wasn't lying, guys. I wasn't trying to be manipulative. I was just being truthful. And I told her I loved her hair. She had this really funky, like, shaved on both sides, haircut, and spunky. And I told her I really loved her hair. And I was like, yeah, wow, this is our first time in Singapore. We're so excited. And I've never been here before. Knowing that I booked the cheapest room that we could find because we were going to go on this kind of, like, 10-day trip. And that's what we could afford. And... She was like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that was so nice. Anyway, she ended up upgrading our room like massively. So instead of being on the fourth floor, we were on like the 25th floor with the the most insane view and really close to the, this insane infinity pool that was upstairs. We stayed at the Marina Bay Sands, which was like a dream, dream hotel. And so manifesting that room and it was just kind of like, the way that I live in the world. I kind of expect favor. My mom used to say that when we were younger. Um, expect favor. <laughs> expect that you you are the exception and things will go your way. And I've sometimes had difficulty with that line of thinking because I thought, why? I, I shouldn't be special over someone else. Um, but you know what? Why not? <laughs> It'd be really nice to be the exception here. So we're sitting up there at you know, looking at this view from this beautiful infinity pool and having this really magical, luxurious experience, something that I didn't have a lot of up to that point. And um, I'm sitting up there and I just, it was a seed planted in my head. I want to have a really epic New Year's Eve. And if, if you know me, you know how much New Year's Eve is like my favorite holiday. I, I probably like it more than my birthday. Definitely more than Christmas. <laughs> Close second to Halloween. Um, so I was like, I want to have an epic New Year's. And I remember my ex saying something like, we're, we're kind of having an epic Thanksgiving right now. So like, you know, chill out. Or I don't remember what he said, but I remember thinking, yeah, that's kind of spoiled. Like I'm sitting up here in this beautiful hotel. We just got a room upgraded. And all I can think about is how epic I want our New Year's to be. And Anyway, that thought didn't leave me. So when I got home, I was like, all right, we already spent all of our money on this fabulous vacation. We cannot afford to um, to spend this money uh, or spend more money on an epic New Year's. And which, see, I put that on the universe. That was that. <laughs> so I said, I want someone else to pay for it. <laughs> I want to win a trip somewhere. I want to win some type of really crazy New Year's. So immediately following Thanksgiving when I got home I started getting on my Pinterest board and every morning for 10 minutes I would pin this epic New Year's I would pin what I was wearing pin what 
the people looked like and not necessarily where it was, what, but what the vibe was and how like extraordinarily big and party. It was like the coolest board you've ever seen. <laughs> and so um, I started looking up how to win a free trip to whoever, wherever for New Year's, trying to find where would this trip exist? Because I believed that it was, I had already manifested that, that that was coming to me. And I'm not sure why I was so sure, but it was just that deep desire in my heart that said, this is what I want to happen. I'm going to make this happen. So with childlike belief, I got up every morning and, and participated in that process of imagining having it now. So I would put on New Year's music and I would pin on Pinterest what this looked like acting as if I was there in that moment. And I think that's an important part that you should notice about the law of attraction is that it is so much more about feeling than it is about saying anything. It's about feeling that feeling of having whatever that thing is now. And I know that's super, super difficult to get there because if you're in a place of, you know, uh, if you're, if you're, you don't have love and all you want is love, then you're in that feeling of lack of love, which then what do you manifest? More lack of love. So anyway, back to the story. Um, so I was, you know, getting up every morning and doing that. So then one of my friends posts on Instagram, uh, when a trip to New York city with Moet and Shandon and Moet and Shandon, Moet and Shandon, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but (laughs) the champagne brand, essentially the luxury champagne brand. So I saw it come on her Instagram and I was like, that's it. There it is. Win a trip to New York city for new year's Eve, um, with Moet and give the toast in times square. And I thought that's it. It's it. I, it came via my friend. I was looking for this epic new year's. What's more epic than new year's Eve in New York city. So I had already claimed it. I, I told my friend Rachel, Hey, do you know how many people have, uh, applied to this? And she was like, I'm not sure, but you should go and try. And it was an Instagram contest. You post a photo of, you know, you and whoever you'd like to spend New Year's Eve with in New York city and why. So at the time I had three Instagram accounts, which at all times I usually have three Instagram accounts. Um, my friends used to give me shit for it, whatever. So I had posted on the three different accounts, the, you know, the, the different answers and in hopes of winning this, this epic prize. And so on one account, I put a picture of me and my ex together in New York and how we love New York and we wanted to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then another account, I can't remember what I posted on the second account, but on the third account, um, even at the time we were really low on money. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Costco and buy a bottle of this Moet. I'm going to look at their brand account and see what's, what does their branding look like? Because if I post something that looks like their branding, they're going to be more attracted to it. So I made like a little scene that looked like a little new year's you've seen on the flat lay on the table. And, um, and yeah, anyway, made that, made that post. So a few, maybe a few, a week or so later, I, was I woke up and I was like, this is the day they're going to tell us that we got it. And mind you that at the time we had a dog and I had told one of my friends, I said, Hey, can you watch my dog during this time? We are 
very possibly going to New York for this thing. And she asked me, did you guys, did you guys win yet? And I was like, no, but it's already ours. It's, it's already mine. I remember saying that definitively, like I just knew this was it. This was mine. I didn't need to look and see how many people had uh, applied for the contest. I, I didn't even want to know. It didn't matter because at this point I had manifested this epic situation. I knew it was mine and it was, it was the craziest time where I didn't doubt anything. I knew guys, I don't, I don't even know how I knew. It's just that I had such a deep feeling that this was mine, that no one could override me. Like you couldn't have told me that that wasn't, we weren't going to win that. I was so convinced it was unbelievable. And so this is how people get, I would say disappointed. You get hurt from believing in that things that adamantly, but I just knew, I knew so anyway, that morning, um, me and my ex got up and he was walking down the stairs getting ready for breakfast. And I was like, they're going to tell us that we won. And he's like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Walks downstairs. And six minutes later, there it was. They said, okay, you're the finalist for um, this trip to New York City. So, and I was like, finalist, finalist, finalist. Does that mean we won? Does it mean <laughs> we're, we're going to compete between another couple or something? So no, we won. And it was it was the coolest thing that I've ever experienced because we were flown to New York City at the time we weren't living there and we were flown there and met with the VP of uh, branding um, her name was Paige really really nice woman and we sat down and she told me that out of the the three people the top three people that they had picked I was two of them they didn't even realize that it was two of the accounts were, were the same person and that it was a unanimous vote, um, for me at the end. And I thought, wow, like there goes that favor again, <laughs> but it was, it was that I knew. So we got to have this, this crazy new year's Eve where not only did we get to celebrate at the hard rock cafe in the middle of Times square where we actually had access to a bathroom, because <laughs> if you stand in, in Times square for new year's Eve, there is no leaving and coming back to go to the bathroom. You have to basically wear a diaper and there's no drinking and well, maybe there's some drinking for people, but you're standing out there in the cold without any access to many things, but it was the best way you could have done New Year's Eve. So, uh, we, we were in there partying it up and I had a lot of champagne because I was getting ready to speak in front of a million people. And, uh, that was pretty nerve wracking. <laughs> and they walk us through the crowd with, um, their, their directors and bodyguard like people, um, with the whole team from Moet. And when we were walking, I guess they had the camera on us and that was showing up on, you know, where the ball drops, where that big screen is in the middle of Times Square, my face was on it. And it was my, it was my celebrity moment. I was walking through and people were cheering. They had no idea who I was, but they saw that I was on the screen. They're like, she must be someone, you know? So it was, it was incredible. The energy standing in the middle of there was just incredible. And uh, I walked up on stage and there was all these paparazzi who were yelling, by the way, they're like, get all my pictures, you know? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, they, they led me up the stairs after I think Luke Bryan, I think that's his name. I'm not into country. I think he's a country singer. Um, was singing up there. Ryan Seacrest was right there. I was like, wow, he's really short. <laughs> but I was just, I was still like amazed that I was even there. 
and they led me up on stage and I got to give the toast uh, at 11.15, close to the time before the ball dropped and speak and encourage people that were around. And it was the most phenomenal moment of my life, really. And I, I, I had manifested that. So if that's not a, a, a story of man, manifestation, I don't know what is, um, that wasn't luck that, you know, first of all, I never win anything. And it was the most epic thing in my book that I could have ever won. So that, that childlike faith was a real thing. <laughs> I could have moved a mountain at that point of the belief that I, I knew that that thing was for me because I had already envisioned it. I had put down the, the, the foundation, I guess the foundational grid work that this was going to be something that was going to happen for me. And I, in that structure of that narrative, I had nothing to lose. I didn't have years and years and years of, you know, not winning New Year's Eve competitions. (laughs) So I didn't have anything, uh, you know, in my subconscious narrative competing with that idea. It was, it was, it was freely open. And I, and I think that when it comes to manifesting other things in our life, especially when we have something to lose, our, we have that competing self narrative that's competing self consciousness that wants to keep us protected. Our subconscious mind is built there to keep us protected. So the way that they talk about it takes 21 days to build a habit um, is is pretty true because you need to kind of fool your subconscious mind that says, you know, I want to keep you protected. And the subconscious mind wants to keep you protected from disappointment, even if it's something that you're doing for the good of yourself, like fitness. It's that subconscious body and subconscious mind that's like, no, 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 no. Let's not do anything hard. Let's... <laughs> hold on here. Do you think you're going to start doing this keto diet? Oh no. Well, keto might not be great for most people anyway, but (laughs) just to give an example of that, um, yeah, the subconscious mind will compete with those new mantras and new narratives when you're trying to push and propel yourself towards a new goal. If you're trying to make new money, your subconscious mind is going, "Whoa, whoa, wait, we're not used to this. We're not used to you having this money here. Let's find a way to get rid of it. Let's treat yourself. Let's go on this like luxurious whatever and get rid of this money. Let's not build wealth or invest it. Let's, let's be reckless with it because we need to enjoy this money while we have it. And that is a lack mentality. It's to say, I don't know when this is going to come again. So I'm going to blow it all now because I just don't know if I'm going to get a chance to have any more would be like food. If you were starving for something and someone put a four course meal in front of you, you'd eat it all at once because you haven't had food. And so in that lack, in that starvation, you, you would just obliterate that meal. You wouldn't be able to take your time and actually enjoy it because you were in a state of lack. I think that when that is a lesson for myself when it comes to love and um, knowing that I haven't really had uh, a deep, loving relationship, you know, most of my life. And so because all I've ever wanted is love, I've been in this like very hungry phase where I've been accepting the breadcrumbs of others because I don't know when's the next time I'm going to eat. 
And staying in that lack type of mentality keeps me from being able to manifest without a shadow of doubt, knowing that first of all, timing is a thing, but second, that there is someone out there for me. And if I truly believe that, I wouldn't be in a hurry. I wouldn't be in a rush. I wouldn't be quick to settle. I wouldn't be quick to do anything really until the person that I knew that was right for me would walk, come along. But those of us who are in lack mentality of those things that we would like to manifest, when we're chasing something, that means that thing that we want is running. And that's also... I love to talk about masculine energetic and feminine energetic energy, um, but it's a masculine do energy. Like we're chasing something. We have to do, we have to find, we have to be, you know, it's that type of energy. So if you're running after something, you better believe that the thing that you want is, is running from you. So what do we do? We do the, the what I call the cat exercise because the cat as an animal's deeply feminine, energetic, um, being. And, you know, we leave it alone. Don't try to pet the cat. Don't run after the cat. The cat will definitely leave. Um, you sit back and you, I don't, I wouldn't say act like you don't want like the cat, but <laughs> you just in calm knowing that like, okay, the cat will come to me when it's ready. Uh, it's a timing thing. I'm going to sit back here and then the cat won't leave you alone. Um, I'm allergic to cats. So I, I have this, <laughs> this is a personal example. Um, the cats do not leave me alone everywhere I go. They walk straight up to me and I'm like, ah, oh, no. Um, so yeah, anyway, little tiny example of that, but yeah, like when we're, when we're in the law of attraction or trying to manifest things, if we are in that energetic response of urgency, uh, I need this to happen. I need this to happen. I need this to happen. That is not the energy of that you have it already. And if you're not in the energy state that you have something already, then better believe that you will continue to manifest situations and circumstances that will continue to make you feel that way. I use money as example because it's the most relatable for a lot of people and what we want to happen in our lives and what we want to see, you know, money is a tool. Money is simply energy. And for us to look at it and I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. Well, what are we doing? We're manifesting more of that feeling. And so you will have surprise expenses that will come up. Your, um, you know, I don't know, your car will blow a flat or your whatever, um, sub pump will go out in your house or your, plane will get canceled or you miss a flight and you have to pay for another one. Things like that. Things that are like, ah, oh, this couldn't have happened at a worse time. You ever said that? You ever felt that way? You ever had a situation where you're a little tight on money and then boom, the surprise expense comes out of nowhere and it's like, ah, oh, come on. I remember, um, when I was living in New York and there was, um, it was just a particularly very slow time and I was running around trying to find um, little means of making more money. I was discounting my sessions as a photographer. I was trying to sell clothes on Poshmark, anything to get a little extra money. And I had sat my, I always sat my cameras over next to the window because I had a shelf sitting there. And this particular day, I happened to leave the window cracked and it was a perfect 
perfectly sunny day. It was fine. And I walked outside maybe for like 20 minutes to go to the grocery store. I went to the bodega and it was torrential downpouring rain, the craziest storm. And I, when I got back, my the inside of that window that I left open over that shelf where both of my cameras were sitting was was drenched in rain. And I was like, no, oh my God. So I ran over there and one of my cameras was completely just soaked the lens as well. So the lens and the camera were out of commission and my other camera was fine. But I was just like, Oh my God, I have a wedding coming up this weekend. I have this, 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 this one going on. And I ended up having to spend about $1,400 to get my lens and my camera fixed. And it was, I remember telling my sisters at the time, Oh my goodness, it was because I was in this lack. And they were like, it's not, you didn't do anything to earn that. Da, da, da. And I was like, it's not that I, it's, it wasn't about earning bad fate. It was that I was already in such a frantic state around my money circumstances that what did I do? I attracted a very frantic state around my money finances. And I just had to, I just had to laugh. I was like, this, this works so fast. It works fast. And according to the, the depth of the energy I'm giving to it. And another story, um, I was in, <laughs> this one's really funny. It was like the worst day ever. Um, I was in France and how can you have the worst day ever in France? Well, I will tell you, I went to, do I have enough time for this story? Sure. We're going to go for it. Um, <laughs> I was in Paris and met up with a friend while we were in Paris, my friend Kayla. And, um, on the, on the fly, we were like, she's like, do you want to go with me to, uh, St. Mont-Michel St. Yeah. St. Mont-Michel, I think it's called. And, in, um, I'm like, yeah, that would be amazing. Like, we'll go there and take some pictures or something like that. So, um, I had in my Airbnb and I just, uh, I left a lot of my cameras and stuff there and I locked it up and we went on this, this little day trip or so, and we're going to spend a couple days there. So we get out there and we are having fun or whatever. And I went to sleep and I woke up that morning, like three or 4am with the just crazy, like nervous feeling like, Oh my God, something's wrong. And I woke up and I had to look and look at my Airbnb listing because for whatever reason we left on this, I think the 16th. And I thought my checkout was on the 18th, but my checkout was actually on the 17th. And so I'm going to blame my dyslexia because that happens a lot. And so I woke up in a panic. It was just a weird body intuition moment. Just woke me up and said, Hey, something's wrong. And I was like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> I need to, Oh my God, I need to get back to Paris. Um, because my, I'm supposed to check out at noon today. I'm where we are four hours away and on the, on the coast, um, in France. And I was like, Oh my God, I got to get it back. I got to get it back. So I had to find a new ticket, um, which cost me quite a bit of money, way more than the ticket we originally bought and, um, find a way to get out of there and get back in time for checkout. So that way someone didn't come into the room and, you know, who knows was, were coming in there to clean the room and could have possibly taken my camera gear and my camera gear, um, had wedding photos on it. 
So what I thought was a very secure situation turned out to then suddenly not be a very secure situation. And I was like, oh my God, why didn't I just bring my stuff with me? And you know, whatever it was, a, it was, it was panic mode. So I, I was in that panic energy, um, most of my trip back. And so I found a new bus to take me back at 10. I was supposed to check out at noon. So I was going to be about an hour late. Couldn't get a hold of the lady who was renting me the place. Finally got a hold of her. She's like, no, this isn't possible. And I was like, it's the only thing I can do. I can't be there until this time. So she moved the other reservation backwards. So I'm under pressure to get there on time and figure this out. So on the way back, I had to stop in Rennes and change from the bus to the train but they won't allow you to buy the tickets in advance. You have to buy them at the station. I had about a 10 minute window before the next train left. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get on this train. I'm going to go here. I'm going to get this thing. Oh my God. I hope I don't miss the train. I hope I don't, I hope I don't, I hope I don't. So little did I know it was manifesting plenty of energy there. So I get to Rennes and I run and run and run. I get to the station. I buy the ticket. The ticket's not working. I'm like, oh no, 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 I can't miss this train. So I finally get the ticket. I run outside. I'm at this point in full panic mode and I go up to the the guy and I hand him my ticket and it flashes a little green light. And he says, okay, go ahead. And I said, this is the one to Paris, right? He says, yes, it is. So I get on the train and I'm like, whew, okay, I made it. The worst is over. I'm going to get into Paris at one o'clock. We're going to be fine. And so I'm on the, on the train and I fall asleep and I wake up. And when I when I wake up, it's about mm, two, three hours later. And I thought, oh, okay, I've been on the train longer than I should have been. And I look at my phone and we're in the complete opposite direction. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what is this? What's going on? I'd set myself an alarm to make sure I woke up before the time we were supposed to arrive. And I'm panicking because at this point during this time that I was there, I didn't speak any French. And I'm trying to talk to this girl who's next to me. I'm like, aren't we going here? And they're like, no, oh, no, oh, no, you're, oh, no, no, ooh, la, la, blah, blah, You know, like it was like, oh, shit, you're mad. You're in the wrong area. So I, at this point, am full-blown panic attack and I can't breathe. And I'm having this because my, my, my fear is that my equipment is going to get stolen and that someone's wedding photos that were on there um, I had some on my laptop, but not enough. It didn't upload fast enough, um, that this was going to be, you know, an epic loss. So full panic attack mode at this point, I get to whatever the other city that I ended up in. And I said, I didn't have enough money for a new ticket to get to Paris. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to hop on this train, act as if I didn't know, um, see if they'll let me go, whatever. So I go give my ticket to the woman and hoping that she doesn't notice that it isn't for this train. And there's a beep, beep. No, oh, you can't get on this train. So she calls this other guy over here. And I'm at this point crying. And I'm like, I didn't know. I am I lied and said, I'm going to miss my flight. I need to get to Paris because X, Y, Z. And so they were nice enough. And they said, okay, but you can't sit down. You have to stand wherever you're going. And I said, okay. So I stand on the train. I get there. And... Um, <laughs> the train I'm watching I'm watching diligently okay this station this station this station and I got on the train well while I was on the train and all of a sudden the next station that I know I'm supposed to see doesn't show up and I'm like what the fuck where's this train where's this train where's this train 
my phone at this point is at 10% battery and nowhere to plug it in. So <laughs> I'm like, where the hell is going on? And they said, oh no, you got on the wrong car on the train. This car is going, like the train apparently splits and this train is going to, you know, to the South and you're, you know, you're on the wrong one. Anyway, it was just, it was an absolute mess. And at that point I just had to give up because I was like, all right, I'm already late. Worst case scenario is this thing happens. This is going to be an epic failure on my part. And I got to let this go because now it's, it was like, I think maybe three or four o'clock at this point. And the ladies asking me where I'm at. And I'm like, I just, <laughs> I couldn't seem to get back to Paris. So I finally find another train from whatever city that I ended up landing in um, and get to where I can plug in my phone and I'm just crying. And I'm like, this is, this is the worst. So I, I'm trying to get in contact with the lady who's renting the room and she's pissed at this point. She's charged me for another half day. She's pushed the other person's reservation backwards and I make it to Paris at five or six o'clock. So four or five hours after and I'm running to the apartment, running, tearing up to the stairs. And I see the housekeeper sitting on the floor outside of the, the door. And I was like, oh, hi. Oh, you waited. And she was like, you have the only key. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so no one was coming in that room anyway. No one's going to steal my stuff. But and I mean, I feel super bad for her sitting there and waiting. But this this whole day got kicked off i made a mistake but it got worse and worse and worse by my energy influx of me manifesting or being fearful that this was going to happen i didn't want to be late so what happened i was late and i was more late and i was more epically late and i i i believe i attracted that situation completely so anyway if you stayed with me through that story i i I want to speak on that because though you have to be mindful of the way that you're feeling, despite what it is that you're telling yourself, if you're saying, I need, I need this to happen. I need this to happen. Then you're producing that sense of urgency that says you don't have that thing. So that thing is going to be pushed off further, harder, more, uh, obstacles, more hurdles because you're feeling as if it's so. And I know sometimes for myself, law of attraction is a difficult law to think about because I think about people who are incredibly less fortunate than myself. And I'm like, well, they didn't ask for themselves to be in that situation. What happened to them? And what, how does that work in favor of those who have not asked for those things? And I really don't have an answer for that. I do know that there are what we call generational curses when we talk about our families and we inherit thinking patterns from our families, from epigenetical oppression, from, you know, certain circumstances and ways of thinking from our culture. And if you are open to shifting and changing those paradigms, I do think that that law works for everyone. So in my communities where people just can't seem to catch a break, they tend to focus on the negative. And, and this is not, I don't want this bus to sound like there can't be days where you're just like, fuck it. I cannot stand doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. Or I can't do this. Or this is never coming, whatever that looks like. Because if you're feeling like you have to monitor your thoughts, like the thought police, <laughs> that's not freedom either. But I think it's about, at least for myself, 
It was about training myself to recognize when I'm having those types of thoughts and be able to deeply feel those feelings so I can release them so they don't continue to become a pattern of of life or way of thinking. If there was a situation where there was um, a low finances situation, I finally got to the point and it's taken 35 years to where I don't, I don't worry about it as much. If my money's low, I'm kind of like, okay, well, universe, that's your job to make sure that I need, I have what I need because I am supported fully by the universe. Whatever I say is possible is what's possible. And whatever I say is impossible is impossible. And that had to take some training to shift my personal narrative that I am supported by the universe, that I am not going to go hungry. I am not going to go homeless, that I have loving, wonderful people in my life. I've been asking myself the question, what's the worst that could happen out of my worry situation? I'm lucky that I live in the top 1% of people. I wouldn't say I'm not a one percenter, but um, I have home and shelter and education and the ability to be able to make money on my own um, from my skill set. So I'm, I'm not doing bad. So I'm super grateful and, and thankful to be able to have been born in that type of situation. So I always ask myself, what's the worst that could happen? And acknowledge that the what's the worst that could happen is not the worst thing. So if a situation was, okay, I can't make this amount of money or whatever to make my rent on time. Okay, my rent's going to be late. I'm going to have to pay a fine. Okay, what's going to happen if you can't pay next month's rent? Okay, I'm going to have to move out of my place. Okay, I have people that love me that I could stay with, so I'm not going to be homeless. Okay, then that kind of squelches that fear. It's not ideal. It's not convenient, but that is when I go to the the worst of the worst for me, it's not that bad. And I would imagine that most of you, if you are having access to this, it's, it's a similar thing. It is, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Um, not to provoke the universe to show us what's the worst that could happen, but when we're fearful and we're in that sense of urgency, that need, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. If we look at what's the worst that can happen, it's not that bad. So that's that's my exercise and being able to get rid of that that feeling of urgency of when I'm trying to manifest something and have that that urgency or need like it's a life or death thing you know it's like hey this is not life or death calm down calm the fuck down <laughs> and in that energy change man you could you can just see how things kind of come in unexpectedly and it's a I, I believe it's the rule of that of the universe um I won't speak much on health things because I've never I've never had much just in lieu of what could have what could go wrong for health so I won't speak on that topic because the what's the worst could happen that question could be a lot a lot worse um in the scale of things so anyway this is my shift of personal narrative for you if you're trying to use law of attraction to manifest the type of life that you desire, that this law works for everybody, even with the things you don't want. So universe is a no when you say, I don't want this to happen. You're saying whatever that thing is. So, you know, imagine that it's, I don't want to get a divorce. 
well, it, all it hears is divorce. So be mindful of that. And not so much in trying to monitor your thoughts and never feel anything that feels bad because that's not real either. And as long as you suppress those thoughts and you always try to keep on a happy face, trust me, what's building underneath is creating the feelings that you of the thing that you don't want. So regardless if you have a happy face and you don't say anything negative, it has nothing to do with what you say. It has everything to do with how you feel. And if you feel bad and... I'm saying like bad in the sense of a trained, conditioned, perpetual, repetitive, ruminating type of bad. Not the I had a really bad day kind of thought, but the one where you start to create a line of thinking on your subconscious level so deeply that you start distorting your body, that your body has a physical reaction over your mind. Um, I started to talk about, I'm going to butcher my own analogy. I just know it. <laughs> so because I said it, I'll probably manifest that. But <laughs> I, I had been saying that the subconscious mind is like the, the software and the conscious mind is like the hardware. And so our conscious mind as the hardware has you know kind of our foundational structures kind of in place and our subconscious mind we can update and we can switch out but what happens to our body especially when it comes to anxiety and things like that we've uploaded a software that overrides our hardware and tells our our body what to do and the way that it should function when it turns on and turns off and and you know what kind of chaos it's going to be in that day so we've for we've for such a long time have essentially conditioned ourselves and and trained that software to kick off our hardware in a certain way to override us even in situations where we don't want to feel that way um i i was classic for panic attacks and that was what was happening my software was telling my body have this reaction to this trigger and so it would and i was like i have to you know what it's time for an update. I need a Leah 10.2 um, to restructure the way that I was thinking about things so my body didn't have this physical reaction anymore. And I believe it's the same with manifestation, that the software that we're conditioning or we continue to update, um, whether that be for good or for bad, is what's going to implement the hard wiring in the way that we live our life. So guys if you're having trouble manifesting it's time to update that software i love my corny analogies <laughs> so much um time to update the software time to recondition and rewire the way that you think about things because it is serving you no matter if you want to or not it is it is still regardless if you believe in the law of attraction or not it is working in the good or the bad, um, in the high or the low. And so I just want to essentially encourage you guys to start thinking about what that person and narrative story looks like for you. Write down what are your truths, what write down what are the your conditions, your conditioning that you've had. And write down, I would imagine if you write down the mantras of the things that you like to happen in your life, 
pay attention to your gut reaction and how your body feels when you say it. Does it feel like a lie? Then you have to go back in and look at the personal narrative that you've been telling yourself because if it feels like a lie, then it's the mantra is counterintuitive. You have to find something that works for your subconscious programming. So for instance, um, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds this year. Um, that's too much weight, but, <laughs> um, if that were my mantra, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. I'm going to lose says that it's in the future. So that never comes. And while the intention is great, the vibration doesn't suffice what you need in order to shift and change that subconscious programming. It's in the future. And it would say rather I've lost a hundred pounds. In fact, I've, what is it different? Let me think about this. I don't even want to use the word lost because what we lose, we find. I said that earlier. Um, but I am now at my perfect weight. That has a different vibration. There's no goal kind of inciting that you're not where you should be, but where your body would rest perfectly. Well, that's a different vibration for you. My subconscious says, Oh, I like that sound. That sounds yummy. I'm at my perfect weight. And that could be speaking to you now. Maybe your perfect weight is where you're at right now. And as you continue to reprogram that subconscious, you can then take it further to, to change and shift that. But you got to start from a place of love in order to give yourself what it is that you want. So that's just one example, but there's plenty of examples. If you're out there to make a bunch of money and you say, I'm going to make this much this year, it still puts it in the future. And you might get close depending on how your subconscious is, where, where you think or where you're your training is because if for instance you were raised in a family that was able to manifest money pretty quickly then you would believe that was true but if you grew up in a family where that was not as impossibility then that that particular affirmation is not going to work for you and you're going to need to find something that works personally for you that will jive <laughs> with that subconscious programming to shift and change how you think about it so i hope this episode was helpful for you and, and trying to figure out how to manifest better for yourself. Manifestation is a wonderful, wonderful tool and an attitude towards life that you can, you can change and shift your circumstances, but you have to start from ground zero and see what is the personal narrative story that you're telling yourself that could be fighting against your ability to be able to manifest. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a wonderful day. I will see you in the next one. Thanks. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.